everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike. I'm joined as always by the master of receipts. It's NYJ Matt. And today we have a very special guest on the program. He is our youngest guest to date. He's a former WFAN radio host, technically. <laughs> he shares a first name with the main character from A Bronx Tale and a last name with Milk. It's Sonny Carton. Welcome on. Thank you, boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, pleasure. All right, we have uh, we have some serious questions. We have some funny ones. We'll start you off with a funny one. We know you're an NBA guy. If yep. me, you, and Mike with Craig and Evan, a five-on-five game versus Brooklyn Nets, 48-minute game, they're playing all out the entire time. What's the final score of that game? Final score of that game? Like you said, normal time, 48 minutes? Yeah, 48 48 minutes. minutes, They're playing as hard defense as possible. We have to put up, you know, us five, an okay effort. What do you have in that game? I have us losing a respectable, like, 300 to 30. I think think, think we can get some points on the board between the five of us. I don't think they'd be – exactly, yeah. I think it's – we'd be able to get some fouls for sure, too, go to the line a bit. We We wouldn't stop them once. That's a exactly. great, a great oh, thank God. because That's we a- talk to people and we've had this hypothetical with our boys and they're like, you're only going to get maybe two points, zero points. Me and Mike usually say 280 to 18, 280 to 30, because if they score within two seconds every time, which they're going to, we're not stopping any of them. We're going to have like 450 possessions. We're going to be able to, to make a three every once in a while. We're going to make a three. I, I, I agree. I 100% agree. Dude, if we we're going to... The pace of that game is going to be like before Wilt played. It, it's going to be insane. <laughs> if if we shot a hundred full court shots, we'd make three of them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I can't. I don't know if I yeah. can say this, but we're not disabled. Like we, yeah, I could like, use my arms. Like I could shoot. How, how tall? How tall are you guys? I'm six foot, dude. I'll I'll dunk right, on I'm Jeff Green. Too. So we're we're not even we're not even that small compared to Kyrie. I'm gonna step on Bruce Brown's face and dunk. I can't, Landry Samet's not guarding me. Landry Samet sucks. <laughs> he's not guarding me. Yeah. <laughs> I like him on offense, but he's not bringing much to the defensive end. You're a Knicks guy, though. Yeah, I'm a Knicks guy. Hashtag Knicks team. Dude. Yep. All right. Not what are they? Nine and twelve? Ten and twelve? Yeah, much better this year than uh, any year I've been watching, really, other than the Carmelo Prime years. So oh, yeah. that's oh, a good that, thing. That, well, that reminds me. Okay, I'm curious. What? When did you start watching the Jets? Like, were you alive? Well, I know you were alive, but were you sentient for 2009 and 2010? Yeah, so I was seven, seven and eight in those Ugh. years. And I obviously, because my dad worked on the radio, he was watching every game. So mm-hmm. I was a fan from as soon as I can remember. And my dad told the story on the air, like, a bunch of times, even since he's gotten back about how we brought a TV into my youngest brother Anthony's hospital room when he was being born because the Jets were playing. So I remember those games. I remember how terrible it was to lose. And I remember how terrible it's felt to not be back. So, Damn, so 2015, to, you, you probably love the 2015 team, I would imagine. Yeah, that was a good year. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it was like another classic Jets season, let down in disappointment. But in I terms know, of the years... I can remember recently that was probably one of the better ones. 
Unless you win the Super Bowl, it's going to be, uh, you know, same old Jets. So I don't know. I don't buy too much yep. into that. If it's a good year, it's a good year. 31 teams or whatever, 29 teams in the NFL are disappointed. Agreed. That's pretty cool, though. Am I wrong? There's, no, there's 32 teams in the NFL. Yeah, there's yeah. 32. 30 teams in baseball. We, um, yeah. we were eight during 2004. So probably the same age when they went to the playoffs and they missed the two field goals that you know, Doug, Doug Bryan, Bryan, the killer games. Yep, yep. So it's pretty it's cool that you were – like that for you was a 2009-2010 run. Um, going back, though, to the Jets, and I know it's a hot topic right now, Number two overall, QB decision is tough. Me and Mike are big Darnold guys. We know he had a down year, a bad year. We are in the camp of potentially trading back for two three ones and maybe two twos if a team wants to move up to that value. And we also love the idea of trading for Watson. If you were Joe Douglas, where do you land right now on that offseason decision? So I'll say two things. First of all, I think I'm definitely much closer to you guys in terms of Darnold than I'd say the average fan from what I've seen just talking mm-hmm. to my own friends and on Twitter, I agree with you. I think he showed a lot in his first two seasons that we looked like we could build on and obviously not so much this past season, but I do think that he does have pieces and parts of his game that will work with the Jets and with Robert Sala he brought in. That being said, I am probably the furthest Deshaun Watson supporter that could be out there. I believe that there's no really, obviously, realistically speaking, there's no price too high to pay for him. Because I think he, uh, even even a guy like Matt Stafford, who I would have loved to have on the Jets, Deshaun Watson's in a completely different world. And mm-hmm. if we have any chance to secure a franchise top five quarterback in the NFL, then like I'm all marbles in for that. So I, my message to Joe Douglas would be anything you can do to make that happen, obviously, including the number two overall pick, by any means make it happen. That being said, if Watson is not in play for the Jets anymore, which who knows in the next few weeks, he might not, next few weeks, months, he might not be. But I think I wouldn't be opposed either to trading down. I, because the, the thing with me, which I did say on the show, but I'll say it again here because it's still how I feel a few weeks later. I believe that anyone we take a risk on, whether it be Fields or Wilson, is going to bring in those risks you have just drafting a young quarterback that the early. Same shit as Darnold, same risks right? we took a few years ago with Sam. Yep, mm-hmm. same stuff. So I think if you're going to put your marbles into a quarterback, you have to decide he's the guy. Now, that being said, the guys, the coaches and the staff we brought in, they're the ones making that decision. So I am a fan who kind of – I'm more of a fan of the sport in basketball rather in football. I'm like a fan of the Jets. So I just want what's best for the Jets team. And I think whatever move they end up making, I'll at least have to trust them and give them their benefit of the doubt without reacting on the night that they make that decision because we did bring those guys in to make the right decision. And I'll obviously hope Mm -hmm. they do the right thing, but I I think I'll be more of a patient fan. It's a very mature take because right now, if you support Darnold in any way, people just freak out and they're like, you're blind. And our argument is if you trust Joe Douglas that much and the guys that he brought in, if they Salah. do decide to keep Darnold, you got to respect it. And if they take Fields or Wilson that we don't love, we're going to obviously fall into the guy being the, the next 10-year quarterback of this team. We're going to support him. But end of the day, like you said, you have to be mature in your take, and you can't just immediately go with the way that Twitter is going because right now on Twitter, like you alluded to, a lot of people are off Darnold. And Mike and I try to combat it a little bit, but uh, that's really where we end up now. How about this? The easy yeah, answer to that question, you know, would you want Deshaun Watson is yes. Give whatever. Would you, let's say the Dolphins bid the Jets up. Would you give three ones? You give 
the number two pick, you give the Seahawks pick this year and the Jets pick next year and Quinn and Williams, would you do that for Deshaun Watson? Oh, that's, that's a tough question. <laughs> that's a tough question, but I almost want to say yes. I mean, I don't yeah. – I don't – like, I'm not – I obviously understand the importance of having a team to build around, and I'm not someone who thinks that, like, just adding Deshaun Watson to our 2020 roster is solving problems because that in itself is solving a lot of problems, but not in terms of us winning a Super Bowl. So I do think that it's important that we build around him, but I really do think – I mean – Given that question, which is tough because I love Quinnen and he was so much better this year than I ever expected him to be mm-hmm. based on what he did last year, which wasn't horrible. Just he so completely surprised me down the stretch of the yeah, season. Yeah, he was at last year. Very, very So overwhelming. I really like him, but I really do think in that situation, like a player like Watson, not only does a player like Watson not come around every so often, let alone your team has a chance to get him. So I think that I would, I would have to do that for Watson, yeah. Hey, I agree with you. I think that's a great take. I would do the trade, and I like Quinnen really? as well. Quinnen Williams right now is the second highest pl- paid player on the team due to that number three overall pick. Even on his rookie contract, he exceeds most of the people on the team. I think he's top two or three. Interior defensive lineman, he, he can obviously get to the quarterback. We've seen him have a good year. He potentially could have had 10 sacks and a few calls went his way and didn't get a roughing the passer. But I would personally do that trade. You have enough, enough depth at that position where you feel comfortable moving forward. Not great, then not elite, which he could be. But I would do that in a heartbeat for Watson. Wow. Yeah. This is crazy. The number two pick. Like, I, I, I mean, you probably maybe you pull the trigger, maybe you don't. But, man, like the number two pick, I think that's the one thing. That, not that you guys are missing. Like, I think it's a fair take. Just on Twitter, you'll see people be like, yeah, we'll just give our one – Seahawks one, whatever, like a couple ones. Like it's the difference. It's the best the player one. in the entire draft, not named Trevor Lawrence. Yes, it, it's, it's the best player. Yeah, because you know people. Oh, we'll give the Seahawks one. Like no, that's the twenty third pick. This is the second pick, which you could trade for how many ones? Three, three ones. If someone loves Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. Yeah. <sighs> oh, it hurts. I, I don't know. I have a question for you guys. If you don't mind me asking. No, you can't. So. <laughs> <laughs> So before, I keep going through this in my head, and I've been asked this by my friends and my brother Lucky, and I can't decide. If we had never messed up in the way we did and we had the number one pick locked for Trevor Lawrence, I'm not so sure that I wouldn't still trade it for Watson. Sure. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what it is about Deshaun Watson, but I've watched him since Clemson, and obviously we you know like the video that came out, Dabo Sweeney called him Michael Jordan when he was asked about him, and I, I – not that that matters, but I just remember mm-hmm. that moment. I, I just think that Watson's so special that I think I might have done that. Do you guys think there's any way you would have done that? It's not crazy. But the reason Trevor is so sought after is because he is looked at as almost a sure thing. And then you just don't have to pay him, you know, 150 million bucks yet. But I get it. Like, yeah. right. Trevor, like if Trevor Lawrence throws for 4,800 yards and 33 touchdowns, it will be like, oh, my God, Deshaun Watson did it last year. And the other point is that to get Watson, if you want to outbid one of the other teams like the Dolphins, you would then potentially give up those three ones, two twos. At that point, I think Joe Douglas says, I'm going to sit at home. I'm going to take Lawrence and build around him with the new rookie contract. I think it changes things. I don't think you, I think the trade would be like right, the right. first so pick and like Lawrence, one other thing. I don't think it would be much more than that. I, I agree. So if it's number one overall and the package includes maybe the future Seattle one which is very, very possible to get Watson because you know you're getting a top five quarterback, top seven quarterback versus yeah. a guy who is projected to be a top 10 
but you don't know until they put the pads on and play on Sunday. So I, I would personally probably keep the pick and take Lawrence. I think it was crazy how like how did like Ryan Leaf just suck? You know, but I guess <laughs> yeah. it's not the it, same. It's absurd. Trevor Lawrence is a different kind of prospect. I guess it's like if Andrew Luck really sucked. And yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's all hypothetical. Obviously, any way of talking about it's hypothetical, but. I think the Watson thing all just comes down to Joe Douglas and what, especially when we were thinking about the Trevor Lawrence stuff. So I, I'm really interested to see, though, because the one downside of the offseason is having to wait for the same question to be answered. Oh. So I'm excited for this to be done. Like, not done, obviously, mm-hmm. but moved well, on with gonna, an accelerated I don't think we're going to get an answer. I don't think we're going to answer. Quick. I want one you soon. Good, you had a good I, take on that, you. Matt, because it doesn't make sense for the Jets to trade well, at least trade Darnold in the interim. It doesn't make any sense. Right. A lot of people think Darnold's the next QB domino to fall. I don't think you can do that because if you wait closer to the draft, maybe a team does want to jump up. And if they give you that value and you already trade Darnold for a two, and maybe even a late one, people are reporting. If you could have gotten three ones and two twos, I think that's a calculated error that if Douglas were to trade Darnold in February. So I would wait at least until April if they want to make that move. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, Sonny, Robert Sala has six kids. <laughs> y- you have to you have to homeschool them every day for one school year, one full calendar school year. The Jets go 10 and 7 next year and make the playoffs, 17 game schedule. Do you do it? Ex- explain the question. <laughs> Robert Sala has six kids. You have to homeschool them for one Me? you you oh, okay. Okay. For, for one calendar year of school. The Jets guaranteed go ten and seven at least and make the playoffs. Do you do it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean they couldn't go ten and seven because that's seventeen games. But I get what you're saying. No, 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 seventeen game season next year. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Which I that's hate. I literally hate, and it makes me so mad. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. If they're guaranteed a playoffs, I'll, I'll do it. Let's, let's do it. Dude, Sign you, you go to you go to Miami. <laughs> you go to Miami. Live <laughs> it off. Don't homeschool these kids. <laughs> you no, have to drop out and homeschool six, whatever, like four no, year olds. That's a good take. <laughs> I'm desperate for a playoff berth. <laughs> me too. Thank I you like for your it. service. I like if it. We could have yeah. just beat the Bills. It would have solved that maybe, but that didn't mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Dude, the 2015 Jets would have won the Super Bowl. You would have played. Nah. You would have played the. You would have played the AJ McCarron led Bengals in the first round. You would have played the Patriots, who we beat in Week 16, and then you would have played the Broncos with Peyton Manning, who was almost dead. Yeah, but do we win that game in 16 without the one of the most questionable decisions ever? Which is funny. People don't talk about that. Bill Belichick. It, Electing to defer in overtime is one of the most ridiculous things ever, and we make we make fun of Marty Morningweg all the time for that. Because when he was I, in the Lions, he did the same thing, and people ruin him for that. I can't remember. Did they ever find out if it was Slater or if Belichick told him to do it? I think it was probably Slater, and then Belichick covered for mm-hmm. him. But mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, because Belichick, like Slater's the one guy who Belichick loves. <laughs> yeah, like, he's his dude. He's his special teams dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh man, that yeah. The Jets should win that game anyway. It was, it was. I think they were up like what was it, like twenty to seven most of the game, and then the Patriots made a comeback. Something, late, and then we won twenty six to twenty. Yeah. That's one of the most satisfying Jet games I could ever remember. Revis had yeah, the and pick. Eric Decker. Oh, dude! Corner of the end zone. We used to put that as our outro on this podcast, and, <laughs> and then and then I got it was awesome. lazy. It's a little you know, fucked up. I don't die. I'm, I'm lazy too. I don't do it. So yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so so next question I have for you, you know. 
being young and just getting into college, having an opportunity to go on the radio with one of your friends and how was that experience? Because when we were in college, we did a, a crappy radio show at Mike's alma mater and maybe 10 people listened to it. it was I'm at university. How you we, doing? We BSed. We talked about Hall of Fame voting. We had a good time. But you were on one of the most premier platforms you could possibly be on in New York on the radio. Take us through that experience. How was that for you? Were you nervous at all? And, and what experience did you have doing that? So, I'll, yeah, I'm glad you asked about that because I feel like I have a position like not many people get to do that. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, like when my dad approached me, it, it was kind of like a, it wasn't like we really planned it out much. Uh, about a month or two before, maybe just a month before, he was like, do you have any interest in doing a show on the air? And of course, I hope to do it one day professionally now. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I had been on the show in little moments from calling in my whole life with him. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. And leading up to the moment, I wasn't nervous at all. I was just excited to do it. But then w- once you walk in the studio and you sit down and like the mic's in front of you and everything, mm-hmm. it, it's Legit. a d- much different feel. So I started getting a little nervous, but the, the actual ability to be able to do that as a whole was awesome. I mean, there's no feeling like getting texts from friends and family and Instagram posts of support and Obviously, there are people out there that say what they want, but it was 98% positive. Mm-hmm. And for that, I was really grateful because these people, obviously, the internet ter- can be a terrible place. And these people who I never met before are flooding you with messages of support. So it was a really awesome opportunity. And I was just so thankful for getting to do it. Dude, Dude, you people, killed it. Wait, you wait, killed for, it. Yes. And first of all, Thank the people you. who are like nepotism, whatever, <laughs> like, go fuck yourself, dude. It's like, what? You did a radio show. Yeah. It's awesome. And I, it was funny, I, I was just, right before the internet, when we just did this, I was looking at the tweet about it. I think, like, the New York Post tweeted, you know, Sonny Carton and, and Roberts doing the show. And it was, like, a lot of comments. I was like, oh, Jesus. Like, it's going to be really negative. It's pretty nice. Like, everyone was like, you guys did a really good job. You guys crushed it. Like, Sonny sounded really Yeah. So that was nice. Yeah, I was surprised. I think. You guys yeah, were good. I, thank you. I thought it was... I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they knew that I was like uh, my dad's son and they weren't going to come in mean as usual. But I, I was with you because I obviously a terrible habit, but just growing up like what stuff that happened, reading through comments about my dad, like I'm, I'm used to by now reading that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you when I saw how many comments there were on that first post and I clicked on it. I was like mentally and physically prepared to not like some of the things I read, but after going through them, like it was overwhelmingly positive and I was very happy to see that obviously. And if they knew you, like we've been following for probably two months now on Twitter, looking at your feed, you just tweet positive shit. You tweet funny stuff about the NBA. Like there's no bad blood. You're having a good time. You're young. You're in college. Like who cares? And when you have that type of positive attitude, like you'll see the people on Twitter, even big names on Twitter. We obviously follow all the Jets guys. They're so negative, like 90% of the time. And me and Mike just try to bring some positive we'll tweet like bullshit memes here and there but we do like to have a fun time and and i was telling mike before i listened to that that whole show uh i have like apple music so i can hear the fan and you guys absolutely killed it knocked out of the park so i'm I'm pumped to hear you again because i'm i'm sure that the reception was well you're probably gonna get out there again soon thank you so much i uh i'm looking forward to doing something soon that's why when you guys reached out I was like, of course, let's do it and just figure out a time because I love to talk about the Jets, obviously, and just talk with other people that are interested in doing sports because 
as much as it was awesome doing it with Colin, there's so many other people out there. And I had met him for the first time and that was awesome. And he's a great oh, kid. And cool. we, got, we got along really well. Yeah. But it was actually crazy. That was the very first time I ever met him. Like wow. we had spoken on the <laughs> phone for a bit and we had gotten to know each other. It's like through FaceTime and text back and forth, but that was the first time we met. So it was pretty crazy. And yeah, he, he's great. I like his dad. I like Evan. I think he's pretty no, good. It was, I, it it was Russo. It was Chris Russo's son. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, son's yeah. like two, like two months old. <laughs> but, Evan yeah. is annoying. Evan's too negative for me. I love Evan. Is, I love Evan. Yeah, but he's been through a lot. It's like, yeah, I'm definitely part. Like, I can't not love him because he works with my dad, and he's the best. And Evan and I go back and forth, text all the time, and I BS him with the Nets, and he does the same with the Knicks. Evan's great. I so, like his. Yeah, Mike, your take is when Joe and Evan were on. Joe yes. was very negative, and sometimes that brought Evan out. No, Evan's like Evan, good. He's very passionate. Which Evan's is like I the most passionate too. guy right now. I love yeah. that he did like the. During MLB games, we'll do like the scorebook and like actually score the entire game. Like he's insane, but I, you know he's also a big Nets fan. Like I'm not a huge Nets fan. Like he really loves the Nets. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I, I mean, I love the NBA. I gotta get you in my fantasy basketball league, Sonny. We gotta get that going. Yeah, I have to <laughs> say, I, I, as much as I love basketball and think I'm very knowledgeable, fantasy basketball has not been going my way so far this year. I don't know if I don't know what it is. I, I think. The unpredictable nature of the league so far, but I, I'm, I'm down me. to do it next year, though. It's Dude, not looking please. too good so far. Mm-hmm. I just traded a bunch of guys for Lillard. Now he's out. That's <laughs> fucking ass. So that's actually funny. So I have, so I got on my draft and I had the time set and I messed up and I got there like five minutes late and I look and I'm on round three and my first three auto drafted. My first pick was Lillard. I got him. So I had the ninth pick. At eight, they took Steph. Ugh. Nine, I got Lillard auto drafted. All right. And then I got Trey Young. Oh. And then I got, I don't remember if it gave me eight in or Chris Paul next. So it wasn't a bad first three. But after yeah. that, I just thought the whole thing was ruined. But Lillard's been killing it. And I actually won the game last week. So it could be looking up. Dude, we're familiar. What are you? You're a big baseball fan too? You're a big Mets fan? Yeah, I am. So. Being honest, the first – I'm 18 now. The first about, like, 15 years, I wasn't as big into baseball. I love baseball. I still love the Mets, and I played baseball my whole life, but I didn't watch the sport as much. But in the last two years, I have to say, I've gotten to like baseball a lot more. It's a good time to be a Mets fan. Yeah, exactly. Mets I, be, I don't want to – yeah. Mets are going to be awesome. It is a good time. Steve Cohen. Yeah, I'm very excited for the Mets. If we can just uh, – Avoid any other scandals in the next few days. It don't, feels like don't text women that you want to. You know, don't put your crotch in their face. Don't you, say disgusting. Yeah. Don't text a girl sixty-two times. Mm-hmm. It sounds so stupid saying out loud, but what is the issue with grown men nowadays not knowing simple things like that? Just don't do it. Where's the disconnect? I don't understand how that happens. <laughs> I, I really don't. I, I can't believe it either. Um, I'm not a big baseball guy, but Mike actually has an unreal ability. What you'll learn about Mike is that if you give him a stat line from an MLB player after the year 2000, like average home run and RBIs, he can actually get it. He's like a photographic memory when it comes to baseball stats. Really fucking weird, but it's an unbelievable trait that Mike has. Really? So you're saying like I, if I tell him a stat, he'll remember it, you're saying? No, if you, go, if you went on baseballreference.com, let's say – you thought of a guy. You're like, okay, Carlos Delgado. And you said in 2006, this guy, like I don't know who it is, you, he hit 38 home runs, 
114 RBI is about 265. I'll tell you, it's Carlos Delgado. And you, you, and you feel confident with any player doing that? Any guy. I need a 500 at bat minimum for the season, <laughs> and if I ask you, I can ask you for an additional two seasons. So if you if you look up a guy, you can be chosen eight. I'll be like, all right, give me like. You find if we test one right now? Please. Mike, Mike, hands up. Hands, hands up. up. Hands up so he can't type. Hands up, baby. All right, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I, I was going to go David Wright to start, but that would have been – I'll give you one of his years. Yeah, well, I would. I'll, I'll get uh, – all right, let's think. Any guy you want. All right, I got one. I got one. I got one. All right, one. so you give me the year. Just pick it. Just, you don't tell me the at-bats, but just pick a year where he has more than like 500 at-bats, like a full year. Home runs, RBI okay. is batting average. No team, no nothing. His hands are up. Hands are up. Okay. 2008 season. Okay. He had 688 at-bats. Okay, home runs. 16 home runs. Yeah. 204 hits. Just home runs, RBI's batting average. I got you. I think I know who it is anyway. Okay. 68 RBIs. Yeah. Batting average. 297. Jose Reyes. Stop. So it's unbelievable. Come on, baby. Any guy, any person. But, dude, you could think of, like, Christian Guzman in 2004, and he'll get it. Like, it's a... It's an unbelievable photographic memory. I, just, I was not expecting you to get that one. Uh, that's impressive. <laughs> it's good. Uh, I'm, I'm leaving here impressed for sure. But we know you have a dinner coming up, so we'll let you go. But we'll love to have you on again. Especially 100%. As the Jets do more shit. Escart and Radio on Twitter. We'll tag you in all the posts that we have this out on. But, dude, thank you a lot Sounds for good. coming on. Thank Always you so fun. much for having me. No problem, man. Enjoy the Yeah, whenever anything happens, let me know. I'll be on again. I got you, man. Sounds good. All right. Have a good night, boys. All right. See you, so, bro. All right.